Welcome to Beyond the Boardroom with me, Kieran Paul, where we will today discuss the May edition of Insightia Monthly with our publications editor, Rebecca Sherritt. So hello, Rebecca. Hi, Kieran. Happy to be here. So proxy season is now truly underway. And in this month's issue, we explore racial equity audits, one of the more unique shareholder proposal types subject to a vote this season. Why then are they proving so popular with investors? Yeah, they are really popular. And a big reason for this is that racial audits are helping investors ensure that companies are making good on their diversity commitments. Racial equity audit shareholder proposals, which usually ask companies to commission audits, analysing their impacts on non-white stakeholders and communities of colour, have exceeded expectations, despite being a very new form of shareholder proposal. In 2021, nine proposals of this kind won 32.4% support on average, which is an impressive feat for a proposal that's never before been subject to a vote. Equally as impressive is the fact that all four attempts to exclude these resolutions were denied by the Securities and Exchange Commission that same year. Given this success, it's no surprise really that these proposals have been readily embraced by investors this year. Racial audit resolutions were filed at more than 40 companies ahead of the 2022 proxy season. And multiples so far this year have already secured majority wins at companies like Apple, Maximus and Johnson & Johnson. In this month's magazine, we explore why exactly investors have so readily embraced these proposals, how companies are responding and how these engagements may evolve in the future. Racial audit proposals have been very influential in driving companies to take action on racial equity. According to a report by KPMG International, 57% of the S&P 500 disclosed the board's aggregate racial and ethnic diversity composition in September 2021, compared to just 25% at the start of that same year. Companies are also being very proactive and reaching withdrawal agreements with investors when it comes to racial equity audit filings. BlackRock, State Street, and CoreCivic are among the companies to agree to conduct racial audits following engagement with shareholders. Even Amazon agreed, which is notorious for being quite resistant when engaging with shareholders. So this only demonstrates the power that these racial audit proposals have. And this year also marks the 10-year anniversary of Pershing Square Capital Management's famous proxy contest with Canadian Pacific Railway, which arguably paved the way for future activist engagements in Canada. It certainly did. In this month's magazine, our editor-in-chief, Josh Black, reflects how this iconic campaign shaped the future of activism, not just in Canada, but internationally. Canadian Pacific was and continues to be such a well-known, influential company, with board members at that time mostly all coming from very significant oil companies or prestigious financial firms like the Royal Bank of Canada and the Order of Canada. As Wes Hall, the founder of Kingsdale Advisors, shared with us for the article, if you retired as the CEO of a large company in Canada, then becoming a director at Canadian Pacific was a rite of passage of sorts. So the idea of an activist taking that board on was simply unheard of at that time. In the decades since the campaign, directors have had to become a lot more attuned to activism, and the risk of a campaign is ever-present in their minds. Companies realised from this campaign 
that they need to learn how to tool up and defend themselves. On the activist side, investors felt a lot more empowered after seeing Pershing Square's success. More traditional investors picked up the baton, realizing they can have more impact on underperforming companies and really drive home change. And now turning away from Canada, in the issue, we explore the state of activism in Asia. We do. This month, we're very happy to feature an interview with Mr. Oki Matsumoto, CEO of Japanese fund manager Monix Group. Based in Tokyo, Japan, Monix represents approximately 8 trillion yen or $62 billion in assets and manages the Japan Catalyst Fund and Monix Activist Fund, both focused on strengthening the corporate governance of Japanese companies through shareholder activism. Oki shares with us his thoughts on the growth of climate activism in Asia and how the group's regular engagement with retail investors influences the fund's activism strategy. This month's magazine also explores why Penn National Gaming is vulnerable to activism and how Russia's invasion of Ukraine may mean that the energy sector actually has an easier ride from activists and shareholders this year. We also delve into Legion Partners' campaign against fashion giant guests, which Legion argues is in dire need of board refreshment following allegations of sexual misconduct from co-founder Paul Marciano. Another interesting trend this proxy season is the SEC's response to ESG shareholder proposals, namely that the regulator has denied quite a significant portion of no-action requests revolving around ESG. Why is this? You're right, and this was partly to be expected after the SEC issued a legal bulletin in November about ESG no-action requests. In the bulletin, the SEC said that ESG shareholder proposals, which are considered socially significant, will be considered material and therefore ineligible for exclusion. This is certainly a significant shift away from the Trump-era SEC, which was notably anti-ESG and often approved company requests to omit proposals of this kind. According to Insatia voting data, the SEC has approved only 11 environmental or social no-action requests since the start of the year, while having denied a further 36 and another 15 being withdrawn by investors. And even then, I notice in a lot of cases where ESG proposals are successfully omitted, it's often not due to the contents of the proposal, but instead it's concerned with the proponent perhaps submitting the proposal after the deadline date, or proponent being unable to provide proof they own a requisite number of shares to file the proposal in the first place. And Rebecca, would you suggest this means that shareholders will be paying maybe more attention to what the SEC is doing? Definitely. Shareholders really are taking notice of the SEC and its new, more ESG-friendly approach. And as a result, investors are more willing to file shareholder proposals with portfolio companies. The Interfaith Centre for Corporate Responsibility, a responsible investment organisation representing about $4 trillion in assets, noted in its 2022 proxy resolutions and voting guide that its members filed a whopping 436 resolutions ahead of the 2022 proxy season, compared to 244 the previous year. So the SEC's new approach is certainly having a big impact on investor engagements. I can only imagine the number of filings will continue to rise as more investors clock on to how accessible engagement with boards via shareholder proposals now is in America. 
Well, thank you, Rebecca, and I'll chat to you next month about the June edition. As for you listening, remember that every month I am joined on the podcast by an industry expert for a feature interview. Last month, Muddy Waters researches Carson Block popped by. Here's a clip. It's a tough industry, and I do feel that in general we have far less leeway to make mistakes in this business than almost every other aspect of, of investing, especially if you think about the portions of, in, of the investment industry that communicate, you know, juxtapose us to sell-side analysts. I mean, sell-side analysts who get, who've gotten some things horribly wrong and their judgment has clearly been compromised by being cozy with management and also the pressure not to be negative. Those people have jobs. Like they, you know, they don't lose their jobs uh, for incompetence. So I feel like we, in, you know, in our business, it's a lot tougher. There's, there's, you know, the moment you make some mistake, there's so much scrutiny and, and shouting and amplification of that. So if you want to listen to the whole of that interview, just scroll down your list of episodes and you'll find it. As for this episode, I'm afraid you've come to the end. But make sure you subscribe to Insightia Monthly by emailing subscriptions at insightia.com. And don't forget as well the plethora of free special reports available to you on our website. They are all free to everybody and the latest looked at shareholder activism in Europe. I'm Kieran Paul. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next time.